So for those of us who are trying to follow Jesus in this really busy world, rather than ask him, what is the good life? How do I find it? We're being informed by everything else. So I think what we're aiming to do here is just refocus the question to its proper source. Hey friends, welcome to Free and Light, a podcast designed to help you experience the life Jesus offers. Hey, I'm your host, Tim Shelton, and I'm joined by my best friends, Josh, Kelly, and Bill, and we are excited you're here. So pull up a chair and join us in the conversation about what it takes to live free and light. Well, let us tell you where we're going for season two real quick. If you're joining us for the first time, you might want to go back to season one. In season one, we outlined the eight or nine spiritual practices that are still, were then, still are changing our lives. Things like scripture and prayer and slowing down and Sabbath and and so forth. So be sure to check those out. But for season two, we are actually going to divide this season up into three parts and peel back another layer for a lot of those practices. But it's going to be divided in three parts around these three phrases that we have come to really live our lives around. And these phrases are be still, or sometimes we refer to that as slow down, listen, listen to God, and seek well. And really, maybe the better way to say it is think about three questions. Um, What does it take to slow down and be still? That's going to be part one. How do you listen to God? And maybe even why should you listen to God? Like, why is that important? We're going to tackle that in part two of this season And then the third is, how do you seek well? Those are our words, but how do you pursue Jesus well for a lifetime? So this season really builds on season one. Like I said, we're going to peel back a couple of layers. We're going to share more stories. And what we're sort of trying to get to for this season is what is the tension with these three words? Like, let's be honest, there's tension with being still. Yeah, a lot. (laughs) There's some cultural tension with being still, right? I have some personal tension with being still. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then if you do it and practice it in your pursuit of Jesus, like what's the outcome? What's the fruit of it? Because there is fruit. And that is the really the byproduct of pursuing Jesus. He says, you'll get the fruit of the Spirit love, joy, peace, so on and so forth, which is really, you know, what we all want. So we're going to divide the season into three parts, and uh, we're super excited for it. Now, friend, you're listening in your car or in the office or wherever you're at, and I know the question I'm about to throw out to the table here, the proverbial table, we're, we're assuming you're the fifth person at the table pulling up a chair. It's a big question. What is the good life? And part two to that question, how do I find it? Here's the reason that I want to start season two with that question. I have personally come 
with a deep belief, a deep conviction that this is actually the question America is asking. I mean, if you really think about it, all of the things that we see that we would point to, be like, that's crazy, or I hate that, or I'm angry about that, or, or like, I don't get that, or this is why I do this. We're all trying to really answer the same question, which is, what's the good life, and how do I get it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, coming back around, if we pause and think about it, is the life I'm currently living the good life? Because there are moments when I think so. Well, when I go on Instagram or I go on a social media, I can see everybody else's good life. And showing you maybe what it should look like, mm-hmm. could look like, and reminding you that yours doesn't. For, yeah. the, for the one day a month I go on Instagram. So well, Where's oh. mine? Like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of, yeah. You know, why haven't I found mine? Well, and I think that's actually why the pandemic was so profound. And there would be ripple effects for decades, right? Right. There was a big chunk of the population that said, the life I was living is not the good life, and I'm out. And I see that now. Yeah. Exactly. I yeah. just didn't realize it until I had the chance to process it and slow down and, you know, live a different life or narrative or whatever. And, you know, there's problems with that. I'm not saying, like, you know, that's the end all be all, but it's a great example of we're reevaluating. I'd love yeah. to know, you know, if there was a study done on that, how many people were like, I'm out. You know, this job that I've been doing, I'm Did done. Did you see Bill's eyes the great, up? The great <laughs> resignation. Did you say study? <laughs> the great resignation, as it's already known. This as. is another podcast for a different day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just link to whatever podcast that is. That <laughs> is to talk about the socioeconomic impact of yes. that season. Bill's shifting his screen toward me with a spreadsheet. Oh, yeah. he's, he's got it all See this graph? <laughs> see this line? This is us. When I get nervous. Right, well, right. All right, so let's frame this in uh, the context of following Jesus, because I think, you know, the reality is we're all going to have a different answer to that question based on whether we're following Jesus or not. So we're making a huge assumption when we ask that question, like, are you some way, shape, or form trying to follow Jesus? Are you a Christian might be another way to Mm -hmm. say that, but I think you've heard from me, at least in my story, those aren't the same things, in my opinion. But let's just say for the context we're living in, that question, what is the good life and how do I find it? To me, I think about it as the phrase that we you know, said right in our intro, like, how to live the life Jesus offers? Because what he says is, I've come to give you life and life to the full. But when we say those words, life to the full, everybody has a different you know, context of what that phrase is. Mm-hmm. And even when you say everybody, I think the minute you turn on the TV, you meant the minute you open the news, the minute you listen to music, any of those things portrays their own version of what the good life or life to the full is. Yeah, that's good. So it can, it can be confusing, but many people get to the end of the day going, what was missing from today? Why do I have this feeling of dissatisfaction or longing or emptiness at the end of this day where I was with family and friends and worked a job and had social interactions? And then I'm sitting here going, but I still feel empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say that's what subconsciously drives a lot of the things that we do. Yeah. Right? Like, why do you have that extra drink of alcohol? You're coping for something. What are you coping for? A dissatisfaction in some you know way, shape, or form of your life. Why are you driving so hard at work? Because mm-hmm. you're trying to achieve something. What are you trying to achieve? The good life. Trying to find that you know, that thing. And the thing that I love so much about Jesus is that he flips all that right on its head when he came. You know, think about 
Old Testament religion, and it's about doing and follow, you know, and doing all the right things, checking all the boxes, and and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, yeah, actually, I'm way more interested in who you are than what you do. I'm interested in the being part of you and the personal connection, personal relationship that you get to have with God through my help. Mm-hmm. And then he defines life to the full. Uh, if you friends check out John seventeen three, it might be like one of the big, you know, verses in scripture. He's like, Hey, this is life to the full. Do you know the father and me? And he uses the words eternal life. But if you peel back a later and do a little bit of study on what he meant by eternal life, you can read Dallas Willard. You can read John Ortberg. There's a great book. We'll link to it in the show notes called eternity is now in session. Like it'll really blow your mind on this concept of eternal life. But what he's really talking about is like, Life to the full is knowing me, being in relationship with me, and you can have that now. And that's why, you know, Josh, when we interviewed you last year, we titled it Knowing God instead of Knowing About God or Mm -hmm. versus Knowing God. That's why that that kind of like juxtaposition is so important. Do you know about God Mm -hmm. or do you know God? Because the implications are life to the full. Mm -hmm. Yeah, another way of saying like that's really what's at stake here. It is. So I think it's safe to say that like each of us is metaphorically or outright asking that question, what is the good life? But at least based on my story, your story, a lot of people and what we see mm-hmm. in our friends, in our family, in the world around us, we're asking the question of the wrong places. So for those of us who are trying to follow Jesus in this really busy world, rather than ask him, what is the good life? How do I find it? We're being informed by everything else. So I think what we're aiming to do here is just refocus the question to its proper source. Yeah. And sometimes it's helpful to find the answer by identifying what it's not. Mm. When we say life to the full, we're not talking about a perfect life, an easy life, certainly not a pain-free life. But we'll be rich. No, no, it's not rich. <laughs> it's not that. It's, it's not wealth. Yeah, I got so many jokes around Success. that, but we're going to... I'm going to pass on that part of my story. <laughs> uh, Bill, are you shaking over there? I'm good. Yeah, you're just good. listening, paying attention. <laughs> but, I mean, Jesus says, in this life you're going to have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome. Clearly nobody gets out of this life unscathed. So mm-hmm. when we say life to the full or, you know, the words free and light, we're not talking about a perfect life or an easy life, but we are talking about the life Jesus offers, life to the full. And what he says in John 17, 3 is, It's knowing the Father, being in an intimate connection with Him. So it leads kind of the second part of that question is like, well, how do you find it? I don't remember the verse. I think it's in John, but in the message translation, it's in the fullness of God. And we just talked about like, we're asking the question, but we're asking the wrong places. We're being informed by all of these other inputs, except the one that truly matters. Jesus gives a great metaphor in John 15. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people use the word abide, but what he's talking about is you have to stay connected to me. I'm the vine, you're the branches, you can't do anything apart from me. So John 15, check it out, friends. But what what he's really talking about is you got to stay connected to him. And then also check out Matthew 11, 28 through 30. If you've been hanging around Sequel any length of time, you know that's a big verse for us because he actually gives us the playbook on how to stay connected. He Mm -hmm. says, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. 
the reason why we just take just a few minutes to outline that, we could spend, honestly, we could spend hours on this topic. So we're trying to do this concisely. Uh, I've got time. Do you got to, No. <laughs> we have time. I've I don't think time. they have time, Josh. <laughs> I didn't uh, know season two was 90-minute podcast. Exactly. How far are you uh, driving today? <laughs> yeah, right. The reason why we're just taking a few minutes on the front end of this is because we really want you to think about this. What's the good life and how do you find it? What is your answer for that? And is it the same as Jesus's answer? Because the implications are massive. And if he is telling us, you will find life to the full if you stay connected to me, it brings up a really interesting question. What does your connection to Jesus look like day to day? So, Bill, you are a runner. I kind of feel judged by that statement, but yes, I like to run. He dabbles. Hang on. I dabble in, I dabble in, in jogging. Were you always a runner? No. Like kid with a leash on? What are oh, we, no. what are we talking here? No, I was literally, uh, short 10-second story, in high school baseball, every year beginning of the season, we'd have to run from first to home, and they would time us, and we're in the Metro Detroit area. So my coach would always give out these rankings, groupings of teams with your times. And like the first category is like Mustang, Camaro, you know, those things. Then you get like to you know, other cars. And then there was a category at the bottom called flat tire. And oh no. I was going to say school bus. School bus. <laughs> straight. I this was is like, pre-bullying. I drive a right? Stratus. <laughs> uh, I was the slowest kid on the team for four years in a row in oh, terms wow. of running. Okay. Man, I wish I could show the audience a picture right now on my phone that I have. We can link to that. Uh, no, probably not. <laughs> can, can we paint uh, that picture? So, like visually in their minds. So right now I sit at uh, six foot one, 190. Christmas is over 195 pounds, kind of in that ballpark, not very athletic build. Uh, back in 2008, I was still six foot one ish, right around 255 pounds and was not in any way, shape or form athletic in that build. And I was very unhealthy. So uh, not healthy emotionally, not healthy spiritually, not healthy physical in the least bit. And I was not a runner at that time. I remember that, Bill. You do? I had one thing I could wear. It was a sweater vest. <laughs> I have a memory of you in a sweater vest. <laughs> you do. It's probably the same. <laughs> now I can't not hear flat tire Bill. <laughs> that sounds so mean, flat tire. That's, I'm flat tire Bill. Okay. So you were 28. Mm -hmm. uh, you allegedly had a heart attack. Well, I had a really long day at work and I remember having some chest pain. And in that chest pain, my wife, who was a nurse, decided to take me to the local urgent care. And in that urgent care, they said that some of my levels were high, whatever that meant. And so they put me in an ambulance and took me to another hospital. No big deal. NBD. It was fun. We would call that and not it, alleged. It was an incident. So an inc there you go, an incident. There was a point of pain, and you realize like I got to change my life. Yeah, that, I don't like I don't like what's happening. So the words of the doctor after I got out of there when I went to meet with him, he said, "You have two choices. You're 28 with the heart of a 60 year old, mm. and you can either see your kids graduate from high school and walk down the aisle, or you cannot." He goes, "It's your choice." Mm. 
And I walked out of there and went, well, I used to be an athlete, played college baseball, right? Like I swam in high school, all those things. Like to be physically active. And so I just became like Forrest Gump. And I said, well, let's just start running. And uh, I was smart enough in that moment to print off a running plan so I didn't jack up my knees in that time. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I, I ran most days. I went to Weight Watchers. Those ladies loved me when I walked in, but I would, I would go there. I ate more chicken in that season than I ever had in my whole life and tried to put some systems in place to get healthy. And you ultimately, you've been running now 14 years. You run more than any human being should. Should such a great word. It's a judgmental word. It's a very judgmental <laughs> word. But I, I think like on multiple occasions, I've texted Bill like on a weekend. So it's like an off day to be like, hey, what do you have to use? Like, oh, I went out for a run and then I wound up accidentally just doing a triathlon. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> no, that's, that has happened. Like, what is an accidental triathlon? It, it is. Like you just have. How do you stumble upon yeah. one of those? We were in Colorado this year. Quick tangent. <laughs> He's like, I'm going for a three mile run. <laughs> And he was going to Uber back because he wanted to get to this particular spot. And there's in Estes Park, there's no Ubers. But he went a little longer. He went like four miles downhill. And then we had just hiked. I want to say it was like 12 or 13 miles that day. At elevation, we got to like 11,000 feet. So then he had to run four miles back uphill. He's yeah. Like, eh. I, I broke 20 miles that day. It was good. Bill but, did two 14ers. <laughs> yeah, right. And then the next day we did 12 more miles. It was, yes. I'm like, what so are the, you doing? The thing about it is for me, which is really, it, it's fun, is I, I love it now where I didn't before. Mm -hmm. You know, your behavior has to lead into your emotion. You don't always just like doing things. And most mornings when I wake up in Michigan, I don't want to get outside and run. But there's a feeling after it happens or in the middle of it of accomplishment and more mental clarity than most things. But yeah, it's been a journey. So the reason I wanted our audience to hear that story is because, you know, you can search the pages of scripture and there's more than a few analogies to running races with our spiritual journey. And you have run how many marathons? Uh, oh, five. Okay. But five, I, well, better question is how many halves? Uh, so since 2008, I've ran over 70 races, five marathons, about 20 half marathons, triathlons, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. How many on accident? A few. <laughs> <laughs> Different conversation. Yeah. What yeah. are people with those bibs on? <laughs> yeah. Running's not easy, but it's easier because you have put a rhythm in place to your life and you have developed some very nuanced practices, both knowledge and then things you implement into your life that now make you healthy, first of all. You are experiencing more of life because you are healthy. And of course you can you're a good you're really fast now. You're not <laughs> you're not school bus bill. You are no, uh, not flat tire bill anymore. Yeah, I mean and, and it's crazy. We can't keep up with you, I'll tell you that. It, you know, the interesting thing to. is when right. you when you learn when you start getting into something and full disclosure, I've had in every injury known to mankind over the past 12 years, nothing is a linear path of growth. Like sure. there, there's always ups and downs, but when you learn how long a stride should be, when you learn how to breathe, when you learn how to move your arms, when you learn that running isn't just something you go out and do and, and you have to sleep when you do a long run, you have to eat the right things. And it is a process of learning and growth that does pay off, but man, it's not easy. Josh, it reminds me of something you said when we were prepping for this uh, phrase around spiritual rhythm that really parallels to what Bill was talking about. He was talking about, we're talking about the system of Bill's life, right? Arby's and McDonald's was going to kill him. And so if you don't like the pattern of your exercise and diet, <laughs> if you don't like the output of that, you got to change it. And what was the thing you told us about spiritual rhythm not too long ago? The phrase that you're talking about that we're talking about in this context is your spiritual rhythm yeah. Your spiritual rhythm, so in this life, what is the good life? What is this life with God? Your spiritual rhythm is adequately designed to get 
the results that you're getting. Let me think about it. For me, working 10 to 12 hours a day, eating Outback cheese fries, which I do love, uh, eating those things, working, coming home from work, watching TV shows, not sleeping well, all those things. And then repeating the cycle over and over Produced a result in my physical and emotional state that I had to change. And I think it's the same way in many of our spiritual lives where we go through the same motions day after day, wondering why the results are same, but the, the inputs haven't changed. It's all math. I hate math. I'm scared. I am shocked you just said that. Teacher Kelly, tell us more. It's it's the formula. Is this plus this equals this? And so, and rinse and repeat. But I think so often we're not fully aware of those or we don't want to give the effort that it's going to take to actually carry that out if we want it to change. Human nature will lead us to believe we're going to take the path of least resistance. And so sometimes I think, Kelly, what you're saying is we tend to just move with flow, mm-hmm. with the flow yeah. versus, Bill, what you're talking about in your story of you had to hack your system, change your system to get different results. Yeah. but And this is the thing, I just hopefully everybody hears this. It's horribly difficult. Not easy. Changing a behavior, changing a behavior for a day is somewhat easy. You changing, can will yourself to you do that. You can will yourself to do that. Changing a behavior that will impact your life for days, weeks, months, and years is extremely difficult until you see the result yeah. and build momentum. And we're going to talk about that in the next couple of episodes. We're going to talk about cognitive behavioral therapy and homeostasis. Ooh. Homeostatic Im- Homeostatic impulse. impulse, thank you. Yeah. Uh, and just some of these different things that Bill knows a lot about that he's going to teach us. It's going to be great because if we're going to change our rhythm, we have to change the practices and patterns and, and so on and so forth. And you know, the one interesting thing that we know is true because we have experienced it now for five years doing this at Sequel is people generally do not change until there is a pain point in their life. Mm-hmm. And that has absolutely true for all four of our stories. I think every person listening right now can think of a pain point in their life that forced them out of their comfort zone to change when they had been saying they wanted to change for years. And that's that's human nature. Because what rises up is um, you're confronted with the reality of your own brokenness. You know, going back to your example, Bill, you're like, if I don't change my ways, I'm going to die way earlier than I need to. And I'm not going to experience a full life and kids and, and so on and so forth. So there's a a desperation that rises up or a momentum in your life. You're like, okay. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I wish it weren't the case, but that is generally the way life works. And I, th- I actually think that's partly like why Jesus says, in this life, you're going to have trouble. He's probably thinking to himself, because uh, you guys are broken. <laughs> yeah. You know, some of this is going to happen to you and some of this you're going to do it yourself. <laughs> some of this you're going to mess up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but what we want you listening. And again, we've said this before already in this show, we really do imagine that you're just sitting around the table, having part of the conversation with us. What I want to ask you, if I was looking at you right in the eye is, how's it going? Like, are you getting the results from your life that you want? Are you experiencing life to the full? And if not, what needs to change? On the last season, you can go back and and listen to the episode on spiritual rhythm, we'll link to it. But what we really did was we unpacked this definition we've been kind of working through for years now. And what we actually kind of discovered in the process of working through is not that it's untrue. That definition that we've had is true. It's just overly complex. Probably the best way we could tell you a definition or a way of thinking about your spiritual rhythm is this. Your spiritual rhythm, and you have one, by the way, even if it's 
non-existent, even if all you do is go to church once a month or whatever. Your spiritual rhythm is your pattern of connecting to God. It's simple as that. If you think about Bill as a runner, he has a pattern to how he treats his body, how he eats, and there is an output to that, and it's either you know moving towards healthy or moving towards unhealthy. And think of our spiritual rhythm as it's all the things that make up our pattern of connecting with God, and there is an output to that. And what Paul says, it's called the fruit of the Spirit. So is your life looking a lot more like love, or is it not? Is it looking a lot more like joy? Do you have peace? Are you patient? Can you sit with somebody long-suffering? And and you can read all about it. Mm -hmm. That is the output of our spiritual rhythm, or there is an output. And so the question we would have for you is like, what is your pattern of connecting with God? And maybe think about it in what are the things that I do daily? And then what are the things that I do weekly? But there is a pattern to it. And really, this is the overarching topic that really this whole podcast is all about, is we want to break down the the practices and patterns that will help you have a better spiritual rhythm with Jesus. Um, Kelly, you and I were talking earlier about the things that Jesus did, and we're really are trying to model these practices, which people have been talking about for a long time, but after him and list off some of the things that we see Jesus do in scripture. Yeah. We saw him get away where he would be with large crowds and, or he would go and teach and he would go away and have solitude. He would pray. He loved the people that were around him. He surrendered. He surrendered to the point of death. He knew scripture. He quoted scripture when he was being tempted Mm -hmm. by the enemy. He listened. He had deep community. He walked closely with people in his lives, people who were also walking out their faith. He was joyful and grateful and kind, and he would see the unseen, and he would practice rest and Sabbath. And so many things. You might think, oh, those are that was just who Jesus was. Well, there was practices beneath all these things. If you really pay attention to the details of Scripture, and this is why the practice of Scripture is so important in our lives, what we see is Jesus come alive to us. And then we know then how to pattern our lives after Him and grow closer to God. And so it's this whole concept of abiding, and that's what we want to sort of help you with. So we've developed a spiritual tool called the daily rhythm. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you've heard us talk about this a couple of times, but you can go on over to thedailyrhythm.org. And there are nine uh, sort of preset one-week practices for you that will help you develop some spiritual rhythm in your life. And we've actually got one titled spiritual rhythm. And the idea is for you to spend an entire week setting aside some time for you to think about some some kind of big questions in that you should be asking in your life, in our opinion, and then spend some time contemplating, like, what should my connection to God look like? So we'll ask you questions like this, like, what is your current pattern of connecting with God? Like, what are the things you do daily? What are the things you do weekly? Like, even if you just go to church once a week, like Josh said, that is your spiritual rhythm. That's mm-hmm. the pattern of connecting to God. There's no judgment there, but we want to ask you the next question. What is the fruit you're seeing from that pattern of connecting with God? Are you seeing the fruit of the Spirit like we see in Galatians 5.22? 
Or if you're being really honest and you don't want to tell anybody, like, are you angry all the time? Are you anxious all the time? Are you impatient? And, and you get in no judgment because like I can look in the mirror and th- I see some of those things in my life. But the third question is, does that line up with who you want to become in the next two, five, and 10 years? Yeah, because the reality is we are all being formed. Totally. And there's a very clear argument to be made that we are either being formed in and towards the person of Jesus or the other way, mm-hmm. right? So the question really is, is my life becoming more like Jesus's life right. or is it something else completely? And that's a hard question to answer. And that's why I love that, you know, turn of the phrase, the adjustment of the quote that you've got, Josh, which is your spiritual rhythm is perfectly designed for the results you're getting. And if we're being really honest and look at the landscape of the world and culture, there are a lot of people, a lot of Christians who are not happy. They're honestly not happy with the state of their relationship Mm. with God, their connection with God. And this helps. It does. So you can go to thedailyrhythm.org. All you need to do is click on spiritual rhythm. You'll know exactly what to do from there, but it's just a a free resource we've designed just for you to help you. So just going to tell you, it's going to take some time. You're going to have to be intentional. You're going to have to set aside some time. But if you take a little bit of time each day for a week, what we're going to help you do is sit with some of these questions, process, contemplate. The beauty in this is if you invite Jesus into the process, he is going to tell you specifically what you need in this season to better connect with him. And the most amazing thing the Holy Spirit does is it'll be different than what he needs me to do and what Josh and Bill. And that is because it's the Holy Spirit's job to form us and to shape us and to grow us closer to God. I think one of the beauties about the daily rhythm as we've set it up this year is you then are in control of that process and system. A lot of people get in this moment of the results I can't control, right? I, I, I'm not the one who can change or affect this. When you put the time in of that intentionality and then bring that to the table, you're taking part in your own discipleship, which is amazing. And that's why we exist. Yeah. We want to help you seek well for a lifetime, and we're going to focus this season on breaking down what does it look like to be still and listen and seek well for a lifetime. So go on over to the dailyrhythm.org, check it out. And we hope it's a resource that will bear great fruit in your life. All right, friends, you know what it's time for. Three things we love. Friends, it's time for one of our favorite parts of this podcast. Three Things We Love is our chance to spread a little joy into your life by telling you about three things we have recently discovered and absolutely love and think you will too. Now, you've heard this before, but we're not trying to promote anything. We're just simply saying, hey, we love this and uh, you might too. So you should check it out. With that being said, Kelly, you get to go first on season two. What do you got for us? I'm bringing the snacks. I'm always good for those. Yes. <laughs> Are you snacky? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Snack life. It's followed us into the second I season. I created the first <laughs> joke. Yep. Rip on Kelly. Yep. Oh, Continue. Okay, oh, good. Oh, that was my line. <laughs> we hit our quota. <laughs> hey, I am, I, you know what I'm in, Hey, I'm calling it now. I'm going to turn over a new leaf, whatever that means. I can't wait sure. to hear your I'm going to turn over a new leaf of sure eucalyptus. You I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> it was like so teed up. All right. Mine is honey mamas. 
Honey Mamas. They are. Do not Google it. <laughs> Wait, what? No, sorry. Oh, whoa. <laughs> That's got to be a real thing. We will link to the correct link in the show notes. Guys, if you're listening, don't Google it. Just follow our link. Oh, These are Honey can't look at Mama me. chocolate bars. They are paleo. They are made with luscious coconut meat. <laughs> and the best flavor by far is peppermint. You can find them at Fresh Time. You can find them at Bushes. They are slightly small and overpriced, but a really good indulgent thing to have in your uh, Kelly, fridge. I haven't even seen them yet. Of course, I haven't tasted them. Your description just made it seem no, <laughs> no fun at all. You said something like paleo, coconut meat, vegan, and small oh, and overpriced. Oh, this gonna, better be the best chocolate bar I'm ever. I'm going to be honest. I didn't hear a word you said because I had a little bit of anxiety pop up about getting the link right on the show notes. <laughs> Lest we make somebody stumble. <laughs> Guys, we're just here with our full humanity yes. and just letting you know that we we are normal, just like you. <laughs> oh, my word. Or middle school, one or the other. Yeah, I have not seen one of these candy bars in our house. Do they not make it yet. to you yet? Where are you hiding them? Do oh. you have a secret cabinet like I have? Uh, there's, there's a secret shelf in the fridge that's like up high because they're refrigerated. They're like no gluten, soy, dairy, grain. You see how tall this guy is? He, he's going to see really that shelf. Tall. I just don't think he knows it's there. Oh, okay. And you break off just a tiny, you know, piece because it's rich. And why but, are you not beginner, eating them right now? But I hide them from everyone. You okay. break off a little piece. Yeah, beginners break <laughs> yes. off a piece. No. My kids would eat the entire thing. So, you know, once a month, you just pop that up there and it's just, a, just the right amount. I think we should have another episode on secret cabinets. Yes, I agree. All right, Honey That's Mama cool. chocolate cool. bars. I love chocolate, by the way, too. Same. Like, I'm very non-discriminatory. I like, will chocolate's be searching for those in the house. It's delish. Cool. Bill Holbrook, what do you got for us? Yeah, mine's a little more uh, tech-friendly than oh, the really? Honey is Mama it? chocolate bar. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, yeah. I do like tech. Mine is the, the company Wise, W-Y-Z-E. They I got hooked on them a few years ago. They had some really cheap and inexpensive cameras. But lately in this season, I have bought uh, earbuds from them that are better than my Apple iPods at a third of the cost. I've bought headphones from them. I've bought, uh, most recently, I got some really nice like smart outlets and smart bulbs for the holiday season that just passed us by. And use them all the time. Great app. And uh, I can control, I can like turn the lights on and off in my house and my kids don't know what's going on. It's really awesome. Our friend, Josh Colizano. Hmm, yes. See what I did there? I did. see that. Uh, I heard it. <laughs> turned us on. It's almost like it's rolling off the tongue now. It should. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, turned us on to Wise Products. Yeah. I also bought a couple and love them. Oh, yeah. cool. They're super easy to set up, user intuitive, all those things. Yeah. The, um, I mean, in a connected smart home, I venture to say that some, you probably have something along those lines in your house, like a hub or something. But Wise's whole thing, if, if you guys remember, is like smart home tech that's actually affordable. Yeah. So it's not your $300 mm-hmm. camera system. It's a $30 camera. Well, we have great. some Nest products. Yeah. It's just like that in the stuff. house. The wise stuff works as good, frankly, if not better. Yeah, and is a third of the price. Hey, mm-hmm. I don't want to come up, come up against your favorite things, but I 
cannot turn on our lamps. <laughs> That's a user error, not a technology error. That, <laughs> fair. So, that is so, so good. Wise really stresses me out. It's not very it wise. It's not for everyone. So it makes you eat honey mama chocolate because when you get stressed. I because eat extra chocolate. The link I shared with her to download the app. She hasn't done yet, so oh, there's. Okay. It's user. Hey, if you need tech support, we can do that later. Yeah. Thanks, Bill. Uh, that's so. I'll good. share the app with you if you share your candy bar with me. Oh, look at this! Sounds oh. like a deal. Okay, deal. That's a date night. A really bad one, but anyway, moving <laughs> on. Josh, what do you got for us? Yeah, so I picked something that kind of ties into the topic today: spiritual rhythm, our pattern. You know, and so in the theme of Bill with changing up his patterns with running and stuff, I now have found something else that love is love is subjective. Let's just air say quotes, that. air quotes, love, learning to love this. But I am seeing the benefits of it, uh, and I'm not doing it every day, but I'm working it in. It is uh, it's called a dead hang. So probably like me, everything you do is right in front of you: your phone, your computer, hunched at a desk. All of that contributes to just like we're leaning forward. We're not necessarily built to do that all the time. I have had some upper back problems and I am not a doctor. So I'm not going to say that this is your solution. For me, it's helped. So um, I'm not hanging for five minutes straight because I can't hold on that long. I'm not Alex Honnold, can't scale L cap and hold on like that. Mm -hmm. But I have, I've literally noticed in the past month of doing this almost every day that my back feels better. So spinal decompression is a huge thing. Your grip strength is correlated scientifically to your longevity in life. There is a direct really? correlation to your ability to hold and grip wow. onto is things. Is there a study you could share with me and Bill? Sure. Probably. I just Googled yeah. it. We're good. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> and this isn't for everyone. I realize that. This is literally something that I'm seeing the benefits of. So, Is it helping it your posture? Absolutely. Because I have yeah. horrible posture. See, I have those things too. So we have a dead hang. For as sure. long as you can. Well, I you might have to a buy day. a pull-up bar. It's like 29 bucks or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you but can put one inside if you need to. We've got Wise products. We'll link to that in the show notes. And we will definitely correctly link to Honey Mama chocolate bars. There you have it. Three things we love and we think you will too. We're so excited you joined us today. Uh, next episode, we're going to be talking about the practice of settling. And if you don't mind, would you leave us a comment, like the show, whatever you do, wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify or Apple or you know whatever it is, just leave us a comment, rate the podcast. That would really help us out a ton. And it's going to tell more people about this truth that life to the full is available an intimate personal connection with Jesus. So tell a friend, give us a comment and join us for the next episode on Free and Light. Free and Light is a podcast of Sequel Ministries. We believe that life to the full comes out of an intimate connection with Jesus. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit us at sequel.org/donate.